Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University. Where we learn what is going on in pop culture and see what we can learn from it. I'm your host, Patty Eminger. You may know me as Patty Pop Culture from TikTok. If it is your first time here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. Everyone is welcome. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. Ugh, you guys, right before this, my friend made me watch the grossest clips from the old horror movie Hellraiser with the pinhead villains who are from hell and kill people with chains in apparently like a really painful way that they also think is pleasurable to watch or something. I don't even know, but it was so gross. I hate watching people die in horror films or TV shows. It makes me upset. I truly don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. It makes me sad. I don't want to see that. It just makes me think the world is so cruel and filled with pain and suffering and ruins my night and gives me nightmares i'd rather watch my little pony all day i can't even watch the walking dead i never watched that the dumbest of horror movies i can't even watch oh my god did you guys see the trailer for the winnie the pooh horror movie it's called winnie the pooh blood and honey you heard me right they're making a slasher where the killer is literally this big ass man who's dressed up as winnie the pooh It looks like a basic horror film where there's six victim teenagers who get killed off one by one. But it's truly terrifying. They're in the woods. And Winnie the Pooh, who you think is just after some honey and laying on his couch, rubbing his belly, is now hacksawing people's heads off. I need to know the villain origin story of Winnie the Pooh and why he's suddenly on a murderous rampage. I thought he was chill. So maybe I'll have to watch it, but I really don't want to. But... Something else that makes me upset is the topics today because the tea is teeing today, you guys. Things that we're going to talk about include Leonardo DiCaprio and his dating history of women less than 25 and his current breakup. Then we're going to talk about Monty Lopez, that menace. We're going to talk about Leah Michelle confronting the rumors that she can't read. Chris Rock potentially hosting the Oscars and finish with Kanye's new Instagram rant that involved Chris, Kylie, Kim north and chicago and it was better than the ones earlier this year if you can believe that but before we get into all of that make sure you uh oh my god i was like like and subscribe no make sure you rate this podcast five star on spotify apple podcast screenshot yourself listening to it post it to your instagram story tag me and i will hit you up in your dms let your friends know about this amazing podcast by doing that too don't gatekeep it would mean the world, but without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Pop Culture University. Take your seats, class is in session.
insurance companies and Leonardo DiCaprio have something in common, and that's that they both hate 26-year-olds. And that is because news just came out that Leonardo has broken up with his girlfriend and model Camila Marone just three months after she turned 25 years old. That is very sad for them. Apparently, they were having a really great relationship. They were going really strong. They were together for four years. So from the time she was 21. Wait, how old is Leo currently? Let me just look this up on one of my 7,000 tabs that I have open on Google. So she is... Okay, so he's 47. So five years ago, he was 42. Yeah, so they have like a 20-year age gap. Love that. So anyway, they broke up after four years um, while they were together, they were telling news outlets that they were inseparable and are crazy about one another and they've gotten to know each other's families and they love being together. Kind of seems like something that could turn into a marriage, turn into a forever thing, finally be the woman to lock Leonardo DiCaprio down. We never thought he would an Oscar and he did that. Maybe he could shock us too and propose to a girl, but that is not the case because they just broke up. And the suspicious thing about this whole situation is that she just turned 25 the leonardo dicaprio 25 scandal is locked in we now have enough evidence that it's not just a coincidence it's now a fact that leonardo has an aversion to women who are 25 and older he refuses to date them i don't know if you've ever heard this theory about him before it's not really a theory it is a fact but any girlfriend in the past um are they're all the same age group no matter how old he gets, and he will dump them before they turn 25. So she's actually the eighth woman to stop dating Leonardo after her 25th birthday. So let's just run through this upsetting history of his exes. So first is Giselle Bündchen, who's a super gorgeous, famous model. I mean, Leo's obviously very hot and has it going on too. But she's stunning. I didn't know she was with him. That's crazy. They were together from 2000 to 2004. Literally when I was born, 2000. Uh, yeah, I can't believe I only have three years left to date him. Me and Leo, we got to get it on soon. I got to hit it once at least. So they broke up when she was 23 and he was 29. I mean, I can't judge. That's literally the age gap of me and my boyfriend. But that was the vibe back then for them. Then he was with Bar Raffaelli from 2005 to 2010. And they broke up when she was 25 and he was 35 then he was with blake lively for a little bit she was 23 and he was 36 then he was with four different models from 2012 to 2017 and all these women look alike too obviously blake lively could be a model if she was not an actress she's fucking gorgeous she basically is a model stunting pretty on the screen in gossip girl but all the women are blonde tall thin look like straight off the Victoria's Secret runway a little bit creepy I for me I don't have one specific type and I don't think I ever will so when people have the same type and keep dating that one person it kind of just seems like they're replacing the person that they were just with and it almost doesn't matter who that human is like who their soul is they just want their person to look a certain way that's why when people have such a um, militant type that they stick to. I almost think that's a little weird. I'm like someone like Ariana Grande. Like she'll date a Big Sean and then a Mac Miller and then a Pete Davidson. 
And then the man she's married to now, everyone is so different. That's like who I am. So he has a very militant type and he's not going to switch up from that. That also includes being 25. Uh, the biggest age gap recorded, well, besides his last girlfriend, was the girl was 20 years old and he was 38. I mean, no judgment there, but that's a pretty big age gap. Would you do that? Would you be comfortable with that if you were 20 or you were 38? Anyway, he's really just added to this theory now. And now everyone just has more of a reason to make fun of him. And he already has his new victim. He was photographed partying with a 22-year-old model, Maria Buragova, in Saint-Tropez over the summer. Because apparently news just broke that him and his girlfriend broke up, but they have been broken up. That's what all the sources say for a few months. Taylor Swift was right. I'd be just like Leo in Saint-Tropez. I'm so sick of running as fast as I can. I feel like in the press more these days, men have been getting called out for dating younger women. And it's kind of been something that social media is holding older men responsible for, almost by socially outcasting them a little bit. And I kind of agree with that. If you make it a habit, it does seem a little questionable a little dirty, like scummy, like Scott Disick, if you're going to keep dating younger and younger women, including someone who just turned 18 and you're like about to be 40, that's a little suspicious. And I'm happy that men are called out because I feel like being a cougar, as they say, like a woman who dates a younger man is seen as a good thing. And I love that. I love that men are finally in the dating world getting more hate for something that they do than a woman would not. I would trust a woman with a younger man more than I would trust an older man with a younger woman. So I love that men are being called out for that. And I think we should continue calling Leo out for this because I think it's really sus behavior. And I think he should give an older woman a try. I think it would be good for him. Maybe not older. Maybe maybe he can like dabble into the upper 20s. Maybe he can do 27. But speaking of holding him accountable online, let's run through some amazing jokes because Trudeau was having a field day for this. This was the best joke since... Taylor Swift being a climate criminal. So, you know, the Twitter comedians gave us an amazing stand-up show for free. Here were some of my favorites. Someone said, maybe Leonardo DiCaprio feels bad for all the women who can't rent a car until they're 25 and is actually a really good guy. Did that ever occur to you? <laughs> like he's going around just dating women to rent cars with them. I love that. Would everyone leave Leonardo DiCaprio's ex-girlfriend alone? She's got enough to worry about with her coming off of her parents' health insurance soon. That's where I'm at. Like, it's really stressful. And now Leonardo DiCaprio's breaking up with me? Are you like, ah, oh, too much going on. Leave me alone. Who's going to insure me? Can I go to the doctor anymore? So, um, another joke is that he's so passionate about climate change because he wants to save the planet for all of his future girlfriends. I think that's really admirable of him. If he's going to leave these women high and dry and by themselves whether 25 at least he could save the planet for them you know he wants to squeeze all the youth and life out of them and then they're old and musty and hung up but he's not going to squeeze all the life out of the earth he wants to fill the earth with life for his future girlfriends um someone else said everyone assumes that he is the one breaking up with all these 25 year olds what really happens is that once a woman's brain finishes developing she realizes she doesn't want to be with leonardo dicaprio anymore because <laughs> like your prefrontal core text fully develops when you're 25 which i'm patiently awaiting i can't wait i hope it makes me like more stable less triggered all the time really excited for that moment gonna have a big birthday party that day 
uh, I saw a really popular TikTok with like 100,000 likes of someone saying that they're leosexual, which means they can't stomach women older than 25. And I think that should be added to the pride flag, really. Leo can be the face of it. I'm kidding. I'm absolutely kidding. Leonardo DiCaprio plugs his ears when he hears Young and Beautiful by Lana Del Rey because he does not agree with the lyrics. She said, will you still love me when I'm not young and beautiful? Leo said, literally, no. No, you're not special in the trash with the rest of them. And someone else said, crazy to think about the girl that Leonardo DiCaprio will dump when he's 72 years old was born today. Good for her. What an amazing life she has ahead of her. And I don't even doubt that that is really what's going to happen. People have been kind of looking into this, though. Like, why does Leo do this? Is it really just his desire for younger women? Does he really get almost averse to women who turn 25? Is that really too old for him? There was a source that told E.T. that is allegedly really close to Leo that said, by the time the girls reach 25, they're looking for more. They're looking to get married and settle down. That's not what Leo wants. He does not want a family and does not want to be around women who may press him for that. The minute a girl meets him, the clock is ticking. If she gets too old in a couple years, she is gone. If she gets too close in a couple years, she is gone. I've actually heard stuff about that, about Leo before. I've seen, obviously, a lot of celebrity interviews. And a lot of men who are friends with Leonardo and will kick back with him and things like that, they will say that Leo is the bachelor for life. And he's someone who's really committed to that. He doesn't believe in the whole monogamy, the normative system of getting married and settling down at some point he doesn't really see that ever for himself which is kind of crazy to think about so he's really committed to this bachelor for life style and he never wants to be tied down he's solo dolo forever but i think the problem with that is that he should be open with that to these women i think especially from sources before we heard were saying that him and camila were having a great relationship meeting each other's families potentially wanting to take that next step but if he never wanted to get there in the first place when he started dating her why would he even lead her on like that why would he have this relationship with her or any of these women who i'm sure were looking for something serious and made that known why would he lie to them say i am not looking for just a hookup i'm not looking for just a friends with benefits or something temporary or almost like a companion that is just not permanent he should be very open with that to spare these women the hurt and almost the trepidation of turning 25. Imagine how scared these women who date him are when their 25th birthday is coming. They're counting down the days like a death clock, like that old app that tells you when you're going to die. Like, are they going to blow out the candles on their 25th and Leo's just going to shove their faces in the cake and say, bye, bitch? Is that what's going to happen? So I'd have so much anxiety because of that. Um, so what can we learn from this? I think what we can learn for our lives from this is that it's important to be open in the beginning of any relationships you may form with someone about what you want and where you see this going just so you don't cause hurt in anyone unnecessary harm and you make the expectations very clear because i think both people in the relationship owe each other that and are going to save each other a lot of time by giving each other that respect you don't want to tell someone you're open for something long term or marriage if you aren't um, you maybe want to tell people that or lie to them just so you can keep them or so they won't run away, but it's really not fair to them. So I think just being open about your status with someone at the beginning of a relationship is so important. The more open you can be, the better 
the relationship will be and no one will get hurt in the end. I feel like I'm learning this, especially like now that I'm kind of getting into the relationship game. Well, obviously I have a boyfriend and I don't plan on breaking up with him, but in the relationship game, I learned in the beginning that I would get hurt by people who would tell me they were interested in something serious and then later on and be like, oh no, I'm really not. I think that only happened once, but I was still like kind of hurt by the whole situation. And then one time a guy told me that he did not want anything serious and I almost didn't believe him. I was like, no, like he'll love me. He'll want to continue this. I can change him. He'll fall in love with me or something. That did not happen. And I was like mad at him, but then I realized I have no right to be so that whole just giving people respect at the beginning of a relationship and being honest with what you're hoping out of it is so important. You guys know we had to talk about the most unfortunate being on social media today, and that is Monty Lopez, Addison Ray's dad. He's continuing to stomp around platforms, terrorizing the countryside, aka his family and Young Gravy, and reminding kids why drugs are not your friend and crack is not okay. After the VMAs, you guys know that Young Gravy and Sherry Easterling decided to be each other's dates. I don't know why on earth they thought that was a good idea. Clearly, they just wanted some clout attention and it's unfortunate that sherry had to resort to young gravy of all people to get clout it's actually really sad i think i think i i shivered a little bit saying that but no one is worse than monty himself after the vmas he thanked young gravy for taking his leftovers and continued to completely disrespect the mother of his children and remind everyone that he is just a trash father a trash partner a complete trash human being who has used his daughter's fame for his own fame because he wants attention to fill some kind of void in himself. He's like an iPad kid who walks around with their tummy hanging out, completely unaware of their situations, wiping their boogers onto people and just demanding negative attention and kicking and screaming. But now there's even worse news about him. And that is that he is going in to the music industry. And I don't know if it's more controversial or unwanted for him to join the music industry or Addison Rae joining the music industry because no one was really thrilled when Obsessed came out. I kind of liked it. I liked that sassy dance she did. And come on, have you heard Nothing On But The Radio leaked online? Addison's a musical icon and I can't wait for her to win Grammy Album of the Year this year. But now Monty is releasing a diss track by Young Gravy because in his 12-year-old permanently tween head he thinks that is a good idea. The song is called Jiggle, and I'm going to play it for you. Just, like, try not to get too, you know, in a depressive spiral while you listen. Just try to stay strong while you listen. Hey, look, Gravy. This is for you, bro. Fuck you and fuck them hoes. I'm a villain in the villa. I stole your bitches. That new gen fame, I could help you make a living. Till you apologize, you will never be forgiven. I am Michael Jordan, you are not Scottie Pippen. In the 
studio with your girl, she a fan. You just stuck at home with your dick in your hands. I be dirty dancing, I'm stealing all your hoes. You be going broke, you be stealing all your flows. Step into the ring and put your head on a swivel. I make you girls' ass go. Jiggle, jiggle. Jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. Yeah, I like jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. I done made your girls' ass go. Jiggle, jiggle. Jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. So that was the song. He seems to almost embrace being a joke and almost embrace being a total flop. This isn't even his flop era. This is his pre-jail era. And I, I, like, obviously the song isn't good. I'm surprised he was even able to put a song together. I don't know who helped him write that. Then he made a TikTok about basically joking that his sons are going to hate him after he releases this song. And yeah, they probably will. They probably don't like his their dad calling their mom a whore and worn out and loose and used and ran through. I would cut off my dad. I would cut him off, cut off his hand. Yeah, I cut a lot off. Then he decided to release merch. And this is the part where I'm like, is he maybe actually self-aware? Because he made merch on a website called Celebrity Adjacent. <laughs> Wait, that's funny. I- I'm a celebrity adjacent. Wait, I- I'm going to start saying that about myself. When people say like, oh, you have followers on TikTok, I'm going to be like, yeah, but I'm just a celebrity adjacent. Like, I'm not actually famous at all. That's so funny. Wait, I love that. He is a celebrity adjacent, I guess. But he's making merch. They're just white shirts with black letters on them. But they say things like fame whore bad dad with a trident and a devil tail as if he's embracing it one that says down to fuck it says d2f dilf and celebrity adjacent i'm so disgusted now that i feel like he is actually a little bit self-aware that he knows he's being a fame whore and he knows he's being a bad dad and is okay with it That makes what he's doing 10 times worse than if he really did, unfortunately, turn to drugs and is, like, going through something. That's almost not as bad as him knowing and willingly destroying his family just for 15 minutes of embarrassing fame. How dare someone be so selfish, so reckless with his family, so seeking of self-pleasures, so indifferent, um, so aloof and estranged from what? a decent human being should be that actually makes me really sad for him that he seems to be self-aware and he's actually just this drawn into the Hollywood life and giving in to all these flippant pleasures that come along with it that will never last. He's so withdrawn from that reality. Someone really needs to like diagnose this man and hold him down, shoot him with horse tranquilizer, sterilize him, because he's deranged we've all wanted to know what addison ray feels like during this because imagine the depths of how ashamed she is of her family we have not gotten a direct quote from her but sources from et said that she is mortified and said that um she's seen everything her parents have gone through growing up and there was a lot of ups and downs over the years but everything going on right now has been particularly 
overwhelming for her. I'm truly wishing her the best. I hope this all settles down soon, that her family comes to her senses. And I hope this isn't hurting her career, literally. I hope she's not losing any opportunities from this. I hope she's not getting punished for the bad publicity. And financially, this isn't hindering her at all. I think she's a really sweet girl, a wholesome person. And it's shocking that Monty raised her because their morals just seem very different. But I wish Addison the best. Now let's move on. Monty Lopez probably can't read. But someone else who can't read is Leah Michelle. <laughs> if you have not heard this rumor that Leah Michelle cannot read, it is probably the funniest rumor that has ever happened to the internet and people latch onto it. They love it. They will find any reason to think it is a real thing, just like I did. I made a conspiracy TikTok about it. It's actually my most watched TikTok of all time at this point. So thank you to Leah Michelle and her inability to apparently read. It has over 9 million views now. It's gotten everywhere. I've been like mentioned in articles online for it. I was putting the theory together. I really dove deep on this whole theory and I was bringing up kind of like from start to beginning why people think this is true because she was raised in the Broadway scene and she was always doing it even from when she was about six. So she never had time to finish school. She was always just performing. And then right after Broadway, she went right into Glee and Glee was a really hectic, hard show to film There wasn't time for her to ever get back to school in between those things because she's been a performer her whole entire life. So then Naya Revere wrote a book after the whole Glee series had ended and they had beef on the show. I remember hearing about this when I was a fan of the series and being so upset because I'm a Gleek. I fucking love Glee. Like Glee was my my music education growing up. I learned so many old songs from Glee, so many Broadway songs from Glee that I would have never known. Really one of the biggest reasons I fell in love with music. The plot of the show, questionable, not the best, a lot of plot holes, messiness going on. But I truly love Glee, and that's the number one show I think should be rebooted. Um, R.E.P. to all the actors from that show who died, so it kind of can't be rebooted. But anyway, Naya and Leah had beef on the show, and Naya wrote about it in her book, but Leah Michelle never responded to it. So two podcasters a few years back, kind of were talking about why Leah Michelle never responded to that drama. And they said, one of them said it's because he has heard Leah Michelle can't read. He heard that from one of his friends. He doesn't know why, but they just heard that rumor that she's actually not very literate. She's not the best reading. So people were trying to dig up more evidence. And other examples include anytime there would be a signature of hers, she would just be in the photo Um, underlining her signature. No one would ever see her write the signature. She would just underline it to kind of show that she signed it, kind of. People would say that she would go to book signings because she had two books. The books were not filled with words, though. That's the gag. One of the books was just a journal. So the buyer of the book could write in the book. So it wasn't really a book. It just had her name on it because she couldn't write her own book, apparently, Um, because she's illiterate. (laughs) <laughs> then the other book was just full of photos and workouts and recipes. So there was not a lot of words going on. And at her book signings, she would just hold a pen and smile and not 
actually signed the book. And someone did a stitch to my TikTok, which I was so thankful for. She added evidence and made me look even better and got my TikTok to take off even more. Um, she went to one of the Leah Michelle book signings and Leah, when it was time for her to go sign her book, the signature was completely illegible. It was basically just a star. You know how you draw a star and it's just a bunch of lines? Like that was what it was. It didn't even rep- it didn't even resemble LM for Leah Michelle was now her full spell that name. She just scribbled in a circle. So that was just more evidence that she really could not write. She was presenting at the Emmys and she just said, then the Emmy goes to, and when she opened the envelope, to read the person's name, she just looked at the guy she was presenting, but he clearly wanted her to say it. She was like, and the Emmy goes to, uh, 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 and just looked at the guy next to her. Anyway, there's a lot of reasons. So this rumor has been really taking over the internet. I'm definitely, a, I perpetuated it a lot. I'm definitely one of the biggest reasons that it is on the internet. Sorry, Leah Michelle. Also in that video that I made, I was laughing during the video and people in the comments were agreeing with me that she probably can't read, but they were also like, Patty, this isn't funny. She can't read. Why are you laughing? Someone being illiterate is sad. It's not funny. You asshole. People were literally mad at me for laughing at Lee Michelle, not being able to read. I never responded on TikTok, but the reason why I was laughing throughout that video of Lee Michelle not being able to read is because this rumor is ridiculous. It's absolutely absurd makes no sense and of course i think leah michelle can actually read i don't think this is true at all but i feel as my job as a t-page is to make people believe these conspiracy theories so i compiled all the evidence but do i really believe it no it's just fun to conspirize i just did way too good of a job convincing people shout out to me but of course I think she can read. And it's hilarious that this is even a thing. I thought that was obvious during the video. Not that I was laughing at someone who can't read. Like, ha ha Leah Michelle can't read her text messages. That's not what I was laughing at. This rumor is just ridiculous. But anyway, she finally confronted the whole thing with a pretty clear response. And this is what she said. She said, she said she was talking to one of her friends. And she was kind of shocked by the whole thing, saying that it's really sad. <laughs> And she doesn't like this rumor. (laughs) She said, I didn't go to college, you guys. And look at me. There's a rumor online that I can't read or write, which may have something to do with the fact that I didn't go to college. And then she continued and said, I went to Glee every single day. I knew my lines every single day. And now there's a rumor online that I can't read or write. It's sad. It really is. I think often if I were a man, a lot of this would not be the case. Again, I'm laughing because it's just so it's I'm, I'm picturing Leah Michelle like struggling just being so worked up and flustered by this rumor not knowing how to disprove it because she's responded to people on twitter and been like i loved reading your tweet i'm so happy i could write back to you she literally said that once and she posted a video of her reading a children's book but people just still give her a hard time her her hair was covering her ear when she was reading the children's book and they were like we know there's a microphone in your ear someone saying it to you people just don't want to believe this isn't true And I think people just like to give Leah Michelle a hard time because they still don't like her from the whole 2020. She's horrible to work with. She's racist. She said she was going to shit in someone's wig thing. That's why I think people are carrying this on and they just want something to, to laugh at her about. She could literally go on a stage and read Shakespeare in the most eloquent delivery in front of a whole crowd and they still wouldn't let up. So I'm sorry, Leah, but this is going to stick around. So what can we learn from this situation? I think we can learn that let people do what they want to do. 
with the rumors about you. Let people spread them. Let people talk about them. Because people are going to talk about you no matter what. There's going to be rumors about you. Literally, if you just sit in your room and do nothing and are the most pleasant person in the world, no matter what, people are going to talk about you. And what other people say about you is none of your business. At the end of the day, you can't control it. It's always going to happen. They're always going to find something to nitpick at you about, not like about you, want to tear you down about, want to theorize about you, start a rumor about you. Just be happy that they're talking about you. The more they talk about you, the better. But there's no way to fully escape it. So just know you just have to be yourself. It's all in how you respond to it and know that you are a good person. Know that what they're saying is not true. Not true. And just go on with your life. I know it's hard, but you can't convince people who don't want to be convinced. You can't win people over who have already made up their mind about you. So you just have to deal with the rumors and know they really don't know you at all. Next thing I want to talk about is probably the craziest thing that happened in... Wait, did it happen this year? That that was 2022, right? Yeah. After it gets September, like, this year has felt long. Do you guys feel like 2022 has felt long? I think it's been going on for a minute. People are like, time flies. I don't really know if time flies. Sometimes I think time goes by slow as fuck. 2020 seems like a century ago to me, if you ask. But at the same time, kind of feels like yesterday. Funny how time works. Anyway, I I think this happened earlier this year. The whole Oscars debacle, Will Smith slapping the fuck out of Chris Rock because how dare he make an alopecia joke about the Jada Pickett Smith. And the time has come for them to choose a host for the next year's Oscars. And I mean, that's a tough act to follow. That's like trying to follow Nikocado Avocado in an eating contest. It's not easy to follow because how how are you going to top that? How is it going to be more impressive? How, how do you follow? So the person that they asked to host the Oscars next year was Chris Rock himself. Apparently, they gave Chris the opportunity to come back in 2023 and give it another shot, continue to be the Oscars host because they realized it wasn't his fault that that happened. He was just doing what a comedian did. And they banned Will Smith from coming back for 10 years. So clearly, the Oscars is on Chris Rock's side. And he was at a stand-up show, and he told the audience that he just got this offer, but he declined it. So he's not going to host next year. And he kind of went on to compare such a return to revisiting the scene of a crime because of what happened last year. And he compared him going back to the Oscars to asking Nicole Brown Simpson to go back to the restaurant where she left her pair of glasses the night she was murdered. That's a pretty aggressive comparison. That kind of shows insight into how Chris Rock really feels about the situation. Comparing Will Smith to OJ Simpson, like that whole murder situation. So I think Chris Rock is still very affected by this. And that whole day still really haunts him. And he doesn't want to relive it in any sense of the word or go through that kind of press storm again. And first of all, who can blame him? You don't need that negative attention on you. You don't want to put yourself through an unarguably very traumatic event even if he doesn't get slapped again it's gonna be a headache all eyes are gonna be on him he might just not want to go through that right now he wants to let it pass for a few more years maybe it's nice that he got the opportunity but i understand why he wouldn't want the press storm but it makes me sad that he would want to like hide from it because of what happened last year because at the end of the day the oscars is a really big opportunity that's the number one i think watched award show in the world 
And to be the MC of that is like one of the best jobs a comedian could get. That's the number one prime time. You're getting the biggest paycheck, most eyes on you. So it makes me sad that he's turning down this opportunity. And I think there's power in not being afraid to give something another chance, even though you've had a bad experience with it before. It could be a redemption story for him, but he kind of like lives in fear of it. But I think he could replace that fear with a more current positive memory. And it could turn this suffering that I think he's still going through a little bit into a good thing and it could be really healing for him um what will did to him will definitely live on in the public eye forever there's no way to ever forget that but i'm just saying he could make himself feel a little bit better and empowered by going back so what can we learn from this situation i think you don't have to be afraid of something forever if you've had a bad experience with it before once you don't have to hide yourself away from it you don't have to restrict yourself from it or limit yourself from it forever say you went on a date and the date was horrible and he insulted you and called you ugly and ghosted you after and got you pregnant and didn't give you a plan b or he kidnapped you i don't know (laughs) i'm just saying just because something went bad once doesn't mean you should shy yourself away from it and that could be anything it could be going to the beach you didn't have a good experience going to the gym you didn't have a good experience driving during a snowstorm flying um maybe dating a certain type of guy it doesn't mean every time you're in a certain situation it's gonna go bad if you just have one traumatic experience and i learned something before that like don't let the negative experience ruin something for you till the end of time and going back and not letting that situation live in your head negatively and replacing it positively is so powerful Like, I used to do that before. Any situation that I felt was really negative or I had, I wasn't welcome or was the bad time I would hide myself away from and be really scared to do it again. But I start to, like, not be afraid of things that I would have in the past and giving them another shot. And it's totally healed me from past traumas or situations, just giving it another go and knowing that, when you did go through something bad, like Will Smith's, um, I mean, like Chris Rock's situation, getting smacked telling a joke as a host at the Oscars, it doesn't mean that that would happen again. Or it doesn't mean that every time you host something really big like that, something bad is going to happen and you shouldn't want to rejoice in all the pleasures and the positive things that could come from doing something so amazing. And it's such a big achievement. And I wish he would go back because I think it would be good for him. And I'm on team Chris Rock. Okay, so this is like reporting live brand new news. This happened right before I started to make this podcast episode, but Kanye West is going on a Instagram rant and you know everyone flocks to see his instagram rants so let me just tell you 
what the hell is happening? This kind of came out of nowhere. Kanye's been pretty silent. I thought he was like really thrilled after Kim and Pete broke up. Maybe he would be in an era of peace and contentness and be able to just take a break from tormenting Skeet. But I guess not because he posted today many, many text messages, many Kanye-esque rant topics that got many people involved. So he started this rant because he was seemingly triggered because Kanye wants his kids to go to the high school that he is making, Donda Academy. Yes, that is a thing. He wants to make his own educational facility called Donda Academy, where he wants to teach his own way, make his own curriculum, do things like Kanye way. You know, he's a genius. He wants to raise the next generation of geniuses. So he wants his children to go there. But Kim seems to want them to go to Sierra Canyon High School. And apparently she has already chosen that they are going to go there. Or maybe they're talking about like junior high because they're poaching that age. Like she's kind of putting them on that track. But either way, it seems like he has a specific problem with Sierra Canyon High School and the whole school system leading up to that. Um, His kids are getting older. He's protective. You know, he doesn't want North to be exposed to TikTok as we saw. He doesn't want her to sing about being in love with an emo girl. He doesn't want her to listen to Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> kind of, I mean, a good parenting tip for sure. I don't think I want my kids listening to Machine Gun Kelly either. But apparently he wants to be protective of what the school system teaches. And that is the fact that he has a problem with them teaching Kwanzaa. He literally said they teach black kids Kwanzaa at Sierra Canyon. What the fuck is Kwanzaa and who made that bullshit up? Everyone lives in L.A. for the check anyway. So no one really cares about their children being indoctrinated he's real pissed that his kids would potentially learn about kwanzaa i mean being indoctrinated to learn about kwanzaa is not that big of a deal they're probably going to do one chapter on it and then move on but that really pisses him off so he posted the photo and it's just a blank screen these photos were just like from his notes app and it says my kids are going to donda they're not going to sierra canyon charlamagne the god and chris Get your popcorn ready. He's calling out Chris Jenner because he always has something on Chris. He thinks Chris runs this shit. She calls all the shots. He calls her Chris Jung-un. Charlamagne the God. I'm assuming he mentioned him because Charlamagne's always talking about him on The Breakfast Club. So he said, get your popcorn. Get ready. He said, I'm the father of these kids. Imagine not having any say-so on where your kids go to school. I was driven crazy before. I'm not crazy no more. It's not up to Calabasas or Hulu. I love that he thinks Hulu has anything to do with this. I love when he calls out the production of the reality show for dictating like real life steps that the family takes on one interview. Like the, um, I forgot what the podcast was called, but he was like, that's my family, Hulu. He really thinks Hulu is destroying the family, but he said, it's not up to Calabasas or Hulu where my kids go to school. I'm not the crazy one here. It's up. I won't stop until I have a say. So on my kids, no matter where it legally takes. Oh, he's threatening to take him to court again. I don't know how he's even threatening to take him to court when he won't finish their divorce proceedings under any circumstance. This is his fifth divorce lawyer. Kim is going to be with him in court forever, so she may as well get used to it. You know, he may as well add something onto that list. But then, um, he said, come and get me. I'm a man of God. The father's job is to be the bad guy sometimes. So Trevor Noah, speak on my family so I can be the bad guy. I love that not only is he airing these private situations that his family is going through he does this because he wants the public to 
intervene and almost hear his side of the story. He thinks he's being silenced in his family. So he wants the public to kind of intervene and give him a leg up, kind of get in there with the Kardashians and demand that they give him a say and give him some kind of respect. He's That's why he did the whole thing with TikTok and calling out Kim, not giving him the say on, on whether North has a TikTok account or not. He brought it to the public's attention saying he's the dad he deserves to have a say in this. And I don't know what the public would really do for that, but kind of take Kanye's side in the court of the public opinion. I don't see it making real changes with how Kim and Chris run the family. They're very stubborn and going to do things their way. But this is just kind of his plea to try to get some more power in his family. But I love how he makes it a whole spectacle. I mean, Kanye is the best social media influencer, really. He should be like a social media manager, get people attention. He's probably Gabby Hanna's social media manager. I love how he needs to call out Charlamagne the God and Trevor Noah. He just needs to get everyone involved. But then he was texting Kim. Kim saw all his posts. She was like, oh, God, fuck. My fucking ex is putting me on blast on the gram again. So she was texting him and she said, can you stop, please? As if she's his mom and has to calm him down he said no we need to talk in person you don't have a say so on where the kids go to school why do you get a say so is it because you're half white that's literally what he said to her and he's posting these texts on social media that i cannot think of a more nightmare ex situation especially being famous poor kim kardashian i feel so bad that she has to put up with this post-divorce not only is she stuck with him for 18 years until the kids are grown up but He's not going to let up on her ever. And she can block him. She can do whatever she wants, but he's going to continue to post about her online forever. He even posted something about Pete and it said, ask Pete how those tattoos of my kids are doing in the trauma unit. Damn. He went there not only with the kids tattoos, but the trauma unit. He was not done. There was a reaping to be had, there was still emotions boiling up in him that are now overflowing on Instagram. Apparently about a few things right now about where the kids are going to school about Pete. It kind of is interesting that Pete got tattoos of the kids. Cause why would he do that? I'm sure Kanye isn't lying about that. That's almost really inappropriate. And I can't think of an appropriate circumstance why Pete would get those tattoos as if he was already the father. So I kind of agree with pete being called out on that and i would be very mad if i was kanye in that situation then he continued and he brought up chris and kylie because kylie's friend victoria um i don't know why he even posted about kylie's friend victoria but apparently she used to do like the whole OnlyFans thing and it's a picture of her and she is posting about this new kind of business venture that she's doing. It's a members only club that she's a part of and she distributes designer handbags, jewelries and accessories. And he was happy that Victoria kind of moved away from OnlyFans and hang out with Kylie, I guess, because he said, don't let Chris make you do playboy. Like she made Kylie and Kim do Hollywood is a giant brothel. Pornography destroyed my family. I deal with the addiction. Instagram promotes it. Not going to let it happen to Northy and Chicago. So he brought up Kylie's friend to demonstrate how someone can heal from the kind of whole Hollywood hyper um, sex oriented 
atmosphere that is going on there and clearly blames Chris Jenner for bringing it into his family and wants to put an end to Chris Jong-un. Then Kim got back on the text and he showed us this message between them. I can't believe we get like inside text messages between Kim and Kanye. This is like so horrible and we shouldn't look, but at the same time, like, ah, keep spilling the tea, the inside deep family tea. I love it. Kim said from my mom, please tell him to stop mentioning my name. I'm almost 67 years old and I don't always feel great. And this stresses me out so bad. Oh, he's like worsening Chris's health. That probably makes him so happy. He's going to do it even more. And then he responded and said, y'all don't have a say over my black children and where they go to school. They will not do Playboy and sex tapes. Tell your Clinton friends to come get me. I'm here. Because apparently Hillary Clinton is going to come kill him to silence him like she does with all of her other adversaries. So he's very mad about potential routes they could go down that is all going to start because of the high school that they go to is it necessary to bring up playboy and sex tapes i guess that doesn't really have to do with this conversation does kwanzaa lead people to do things like that that will be taught at the high school probably not but he probably just wants to make the family look worse again because he wants the public to be on his side and then lastly he decided to want to get the kardashian men on board with his tirade to end the women's power over the kids the you know the kardashian curse that is against all the men he wants the victims of the kardashian curse to rise up and take back the night from the kardashians and he posted a photo and it just said tristan trav scott so all the men that have kids with other kardashian sisters and he said these are my brothers but i'm the only one i've seen stand up to chris come fight me I love pain. So he wants the other Kardashian men to fight Kris Jenner with him online. And why do I feel like they would? Tristan would, for sure. Travis Scott, I mean, probably. He's demonic. Scott Disick, I mean, he fights her in real life all the time, I feel like, on the show. So I wouldn't be surprised if all of that did happen. But then he called them cum donors. He said, calling my fellow cum donors, we in this together. (laughs) The Kardashian cum donors come with a K. He said, cum donors were in this together. What are they going to do? Not, you know, fight with him to not get their kids sent to Sierra Canyon High School. I believe he just took this way too far because he doesn't want them to go to that school. But it was also fucking hilarious. I think Kanye is trying to be a good dad for sure. And I don't think he's crazy. I don't think that's the word to use for him. I just think the overly emotional and offensive delivery of what he's saying, is not going to get him anywhere. He's trying to protect his kids. He believes in his ability to make a better school than Sierra Canyon. You know, he wishes Kim would give him a say. I understand all of those things. And I also totally understand that he thinks if Chris has a say, she'll pimp out the grandkids to join the overtly sexual, suggestive, hyper body oriented Kardashian brand. And Honestly, that probably would be the route that they go down. And Kanye doesn't want the Kardashian kids to follow in the Kardashians' footsteps. So he wants to be that father that's putting his foot down and taking a big stand to be in his kids' lives and make decisions for them. Is doing a public outcry like this the way to get it? Probably not, but I understand that he wants people to back him up. They never really worked before, though. He's done these public outcries. They haven't helped him at all. I actually think they've made things worse. And I think Kanye would be so much more powerful if he just worked on his delivery. You know, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. I think he had good intentions, and a lot of the things he said were right. 
but it's not going to get him anywhere if he does it in this kind of immature way. So what can we learn from this whole mess? I think it's, we can learn that it's not what you say, but it's how you say it. You can get across any idea and thought to someone, even if it's uncomfortable or not positive, and it will be received way better if it's said gently and with compassion. You can say the same thing a hundred different ways. So choosing a good, productive way to say is really important. Maybe don't focus on what you say, but how you say it next time you go into a conversation. And I think people will be more willing to understand if you come at them correct and you seem trustworthy and merciful and on their side rather than what Kanye is doing here that's very aggressive and attacking. Okay, well, thank you for joining me on Pop Culture University today. It was so much fun as always. I hope you enjoyed the tea and hanging out. It's Friday. Thank God. It's like back in the swing of things in fall. It's so fucking hot, though. Are we really in fall? I really, I'm not a fan of fall. I don't love fall. I like spring and summer. Fall makes me sad because, you know, the winter is impending. And in Chicago, the winter is fucking brutal. It's really painful. It's so cold. You feel like you're getting stabbed. And there's just so many problems and struggles, like, with your car that I'd rather just not deal with. Halloween is really fun. Fall girl, autumn. Why, I, I'm seeing everyone online. Pumpkin spice, pumpkin spice. No one cares about pumpkin spice. It's like, when are we going to stop pretending like we really care that pumpkin spice is back? Do we really give a shit? No, like, it's not that good. Why are you looking for default only for pumpkin flavoring? You can buy pumpkin flavoring all year round, girl. You can make anything pumpkin spice whenever you want. You don't have to wait. You can get it whenever. If that's the only good thing about fall, I'd rather not. I like the summer the most, so I'm kind of happy with this, you know, warm heat wave going on. That'll probably last till like October, since you know, global warming. I'm not saying I'm loving the global warming, but I do like that it's a little warmer into the fall, and I hope it lasts. Do you guys see what's going on in China with that horrible heat wave? That's horrible. That's, like, devastating heat. I feel so bad for everyone there. That's such a painful way to... Like, that's a painful natural disaster to go through. At least if it's another natural disaster, you know, you're taken out really quickly. But in a heat wave, that's horrible. People are passing out, dying of heat stroke. It's really sad. You guys should look into it. Find ways you can help if you're so enthralled but yeah i feel really bad for everyone over there i still don't want it to be fall over here though i really don't um but yeah it's friday at least i hope y'all had a really productive amazing week and got your bag and girl bossed and maybe made some money moves stepped up in life if your week did not go your way though don't fret Next week is another week to start anew. Every day is another day to start anew and try to do what you know you can do. You just haven't got there yet. Maybe take this weekend to reflect and recharge and then Monday, get back at it. Try again. Dust yourself off. I believe in you. It's never too late to girl boss. I don't really know what I'm doing this weekend. I think I'm just going to chill I'm getting my second monkeypox dose. 
um, I believe Monday, which I'm very excited about. I'll feel like I can actually go out again and not be worried. I've kind of been isolating for the last few weeks just because I get sick all the time. I've been sick like five times this year. So I've just been really hyper vigilant about monkeypox. And with all these new pandemics that are mutating and we don't know much about them, I didn't want to risk getting that with the scarring and the four weeks of being sick. But the second vaccine is really soon. So I'll be happy to get back out there. My next few weeks should be really fun. Oh my God, also really fun. I submitted merch designs. So maybe I will hopefully get some mock-ups soon and move forward with that. I feel like they're really cute. I like, I am pretty confident in what I chose, but I need to see how they look kind of drawn out on actual clothes. So I'm excited to have those for you guys soon. I don't know about how soon, but pretty soon, but I will update you guys for sure. I love DMing you guys. When you guys DM me about like Monty Lopez and other shit that's going on, it's so funny to me to just talk shit about what's the tea in real life, in real time. So keep doing that. Again, screenshot this, post on your Instagram story. I will see you a lot quicker if you do that. And it just helps the podcast grow. And I appreciate it so much. And um, rate this podcast five stars, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, of course. Durr, if you have not already. And yeah, I will see y'all Tuesday. Have an amazing weekend. And I love you guys. And bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.